0: I always joke as a police officer people aren't always happy to see you whereas a chiropractor people actually want to come and see you
1: when they walk out of that room they are on this massive high they're really happy excited it's just a buzz and nicole and i like kids we get so jitter and excited by that so yeah it's lovely
2: welcome back to the people of perth podcast a series all about the people who live in the most isolated city on the planet You know, the idea of community has probably changed a lot in the last 100 years. Some might argue the traditional connections we used to have with neighbours and local businesses are lost as digital connections take hold. Although you could say those kinds of connections bring people together who would otherwise never have met. Even this podcast started life in a community on Facebook. So what is it that makes a community today, and how do we build connections in a world where lives seem to be more separate than ever? This episode is all about the communities we live in and build here in Western Australia. I'm Carmen Braidwood, and these are the People of Perth.
0: It's about being part of something, I think is probably the best way to put it.
2: Brett Deller spent his childhood in Bassendean, where the neighbourhood kids would gather and play during the school holidays. Now, you might say his experience with that community made him aware of how important connecting with other people was. It certainly played a role in his time as a police officer, and again, when he changed career paths and headed for the bush.
0: I went to Kalgoorlie as a 22-year-old as a police officer, so I spent five and a half years in the country in Kalgoorlie and then in Broome, and came back and spent a couple of years as a detective back in Perth. I stayed in Perth until I graduated from uni at the age of 40, and my wife and I moved up to Carnarvon and started up our first practice together and we're up there for two years in the last ten and a half years we've been in Pinjarra working in Pinjarra so.
2: So you love the regions of it. I do love
0: the regions yeah I enjoy the people it's a bit more relaxed atmosphere and a lot closer community so I love being part of that.
2: How important is a community to a country town?
0: I think it's one of the most important things because they've got each other's back through times of crisis. You know, you've seen what's happened recently with the bushfires, droughts in recent years, especially over east, and the mental health stuff that goes on. It's becoming more and more relevant and prevalent that they look after each other and they're actually doing that. And it's very important the way that they, they socialise and help each other out.
2: So you moved up to Kalgoorlie and that was a policing job, yes. like you say, but then Carnarvon was chiropractic. Yes. How do those two careers compare?
0: I always joke, as a police officer, people aren't always happy to see you, whereas a chiropractor, people actually want to come and see you.
2: What did you learn from being a police officer?
0: How to talk to people, just how to communicate, how to diffuse situations, just have a calm head, you know, when it needs to be calm. I go into this lockdown mode, so if there's something going mental around me, I can actually shut it down and just go, okay, I need to do A, B, C. And it happened a couple of years ago, we had a fire quite close to our property And uh, the wife was quite frantic, whereas I was like Mr. Emotionless because I was just, ABC has to be done, so...
2: Was that the bushfires around
0: uh, 2013? It was about four years ago. It didn't do much damage. It just went around the, sure. the different properties. There wasn't a lot of properties lost and no lives lost, thank God. So. And
2: so what does it feel like when there's a fire getting that close to your
0: home? That's still uh, an experience. It, I felt quite comfortable at the time because I thought we were safe. You know, if the wind changed, we wouldn't have been and it would have been a whole different story. But I felt it myself. I felt safe at the time. I don't know if it was just me trying to convince myself. But there is that concern. It's like, okay, when do we have to pack up and when do we have to leave and and we might lose everything? So it it is a a bit of a scary prospect, but at the same time, you try and keep a level head during it. And then when nothing happens, it's like, well, that was a level head. That was what it was for. So... mm.
2: And living and dwelling up is part of life, having that bushfire plan. Do you, would you say you have a plan?
0: Absolutely. Have to have a plan. We do our burning off as we're allowed to every year, try and keep as much of the scrub and bush around the house, especially as we can. We try and minimise the natural fuel that happens along the way. And then obviously we have to have everything locked up, all that paperwork, all that documents ready to go if it gets to that point.
2: What are the benefits then of living in a rural area like that?
0: Just the tranquility. You know, I was was there with my nephew this morning and we're outside. I said, just close your eyes for a minute, mate, and listen to this. And there was about seven or eight birds, different types of birds chirping at the same time. And you just you can just really get away from everything. You can go for a drive at the back of the property, chop some wood up for the firewood. It's just, it's a much more relaxed, tranquil, and you're a part of nature. Because I think a lot of times we think nature and us are different things. We're a part of nature. We are a part of the environment the ecology of things.
2: Now, I grew up in Perth's Hills, so you won't be surprised to hear. I think they're a pretty incredible part of the world. But the thing is, they've always kind of lacked a little extra something to do. An event or two on the weekend, maybe. Thankfully, that started to change, in part thanks to groups like NY Events and Yvonne Fletcher. She's been building events for those who live in areas like Kalamunda and Les Murdy. So how did it
1: all start? Well, believe it or not, speed dating. We started with speed dating and singles events and seeing that there was a bit of a market, for, especially for single parents, and there wasn't a lot happening around the Hills area. So we thought we would do a pilot event and it just took off. We've had a marriage. Um, another person's engages in two years. We've got a baby. And last night we met up with a couple that met two months ago. They're talking about getting married. And they said, if we do, you and Nicole, my business partner, yeah. will be invited to it. It was so exciting.
2: We hear about it in the news all the time that people have forgotten how to go out there and meet real-life people because of apps like Tinder and those sorts of things that are taking away the human element of even dating.
1: Yeah, and even that instant attraction, that you can't see that online. An attraction is so unique to each individual. We try to get everyone to network, not just the girls and the guys. Mm. Um, Our idea behind that is we've very much seen over the last couple of years people make friendships and I think it's really good to mix up we've got different groups of people that have met through our singles groups that go out afterwards and we know because they tell us like it's really nice that's
2: a fantastic thought you know you see it on dating tv shows and it brings in this weird kind of competitive element between the guys and then between the women and pitting them against each other instead of creating a big group of friends real life is about Mm. a big group of friends who all have interactions whether they're romantic or not isn't Definitely, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, And that's
1: one of the things we always say to people. If you're enjoying the conversation with someone, say yes to being a friend with them. They might not be the right person, but maybe they've got a friend who you are going to gel well with. So we started in singles we thought we want to do comedies and sometimes the universe just gives you stuff when it's right. And so we put it out there. Um, Nicole done a post, Simone Springer answered it. And basically we did the first motherhood gig. Mm -hmm. So that was when we launched Calamunda Hotel. So we did their first gig, which was an absolute sellout two weeks before. And they've gone on to do amazing stuff. I absolutely love those girls. And yeah, we haven't looked back. We now do Guildford Sterling Arms as well. And we were invited into Wonder round and Bassendine to run a clean comedy competition. So what do you think
2: appealed to the audience up there in the hills uh, with the Motherhood Show? Why do you think that was so successful uh, for you guys?
1: I think they, I've just nailed a niche. Um, it's women and mums and, you know, anything I think from that 30 to 45 market, although it does appeal to up to 60, I reckon. Um, anyone that's a mum, really. Um, there's not a lot of stuff for mums, it's so relatable. Men can go too, obviously, to the show and it does appeal to them, especially if they're a parent. Mm. But being a mum and just being funny and silly and seeing the lighter side of things we want to laugh and it just brings joy to people.
2: You guys have done amazing things. That's earned your community award. Yeah. Community Spirit of the Year Award. Yeah.
1: Um, so basically that award was because we've made a difference within the community. So we were involved in Clean Up Australia. We did International Women's Day for the comedy. And we also, at Christmas time, we supported Sharing in the Hills Christmas, which is a local giving back organisation for people that are privileged. And we helped teenage boys and men get their gifts for that one
2: wow you know what i love about my chat with you right now Vaughn, is that you're reminding me or telling me about things that are going on in the town that i grew up in that you know i'm not really as connected with anymore my heart is there but obviously i don't live in the hills anymore yeah anytime i visit and i visit mum and dad there and there's still those connections but to understand what you guys are doing the community it just makes my heart sing it's really nice to hear what you're doing there it's
1: it's an amazing community i mean you would know yeah, but it was <laughs> I felt isolated growing up in Kalamata oh, okay
2: you know yeah but that was that was 35 years ago more you know yeah. so it was very a different place then
1: I'm really grateful my children are there I feel like it is a bit of a village I feel safe there I feel like I can walk home from the night markers I can walk around the place and I actually feel really comfortable doing that especially being a female I, mm. I know that might sound odd You know, we should be able to walk wherever we want to walk. but
2: It's still a concern and a consideration, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. But the community has fully been behind, Nicole and I, and we have, I don't know, just so much support and love there. And the comedies, people walk in, you don't know what energy level they're going to come in at. When they walk out of that room, they are on this massive high. They're really happy, excited. It's just a buzz. And Nicole and I like kids. We get so (laughs) jitter and excited by that. So, yeah, it's lovely.
2: We've already mentioned the daunting task of setting up life in a new country on a previous episode of People of Perth. But where do you go when it's time to find community? Do you start online? Do you look for events that focus on expats? Or maybe
3: you harness the power of radio. They were looking for people to run an Afrikaans show that interview other Afrikaans people in Perth. And I just said, OK.
2: Now, as a volunteer at Radio Fremantle, Lizelle Hartley ended up connecting with other South African expats. She'd never done anything like it before, but it wound up helping her
3: build her very own networked community. Go off at night time to Murdoch, go and study it in the winter and put myself a bit out of my comfort zone and then I ran it for quite a, a while so it became a little bit too time consuming and I have to step away from it. Yeah. What a great experience though. It was. And I met amazing people that I still got contacts today with. So it was lovely for me to just go on a Sunday and talk to all the people from South Africa. You went through the same culture change that they did. And you know, some days it's to lift their spirits and other days we all miss home together. Every time I met somebody, they said, oh, I've got a friend from South Africa or I know some colleagues from work. So I think the South African, even the Afrikaans, South Africans is very strong in Perth. So having grown up here, there have been kids who've come from Zim or come from mm. South Africa
2: and they're relocated they're to Perth at some stage during the 80s, 90s and beyond. We
3: still got people coming over daily and it is not a big change for us. It's very similar climate. Yep. It's very similar lifestyle. We enjoy it and slot in quite easily, but it needs time. You cannot be who you was when you're back in South Africa when you land here, and you cannot expect that to happen within three months, six months. You need to give yourself time.
2: So when you started the Afrikaans radio program yes. and you are back to speaking Afrikaans regularly, who did you meet?
3: I meet a lot of good business people. A lot of people with great talent in them and a lot of people that have made it in Perth. And that was amazing to let them come and share their stories. I even interviewed some of the Rappi player. We had so much fun. We make a moktar that's a very traditional cake. And the day when the guys come in and we interview them, it wasn't all about rapi. It was about the South African food. And there's a whole different level to the, the culture hmm. that we did bring to South Africa. And I love giving my Australian friends some biltong and droevor. And so what South did African... you say just
2: then? Biltong?
3: And droevor. What's droevor? So droovoort is sausage that's dry.
2: Ah, I think I've had that given to me at some point to taste. And the biltong is much
3: like jerky. Yes. Yeah, okay. It's much jerky. We even got our own little biltong machine at home where we make it ourselves because... We just, we eat it so often and it's just so easy to just make it and have it there for you ready. We do have the privilege in Perth where you've got a few South African shops that you can buy the things. And a lot of the IJAs recently is also um, stocking South African And we also invite friends over for dinner and we just serve them South African food that Mm. they never had before. So the community of South African people
2: in Perth is a very important part of your life. Where would you be without them?
3: It's interesting that you say that because I did thought that that's the thing. But when I started my business up, 80% of my business became the Australia market. So I had the South African people in my life but very quickly I was more part of the Australian group Mm. so yes I still see my South African friends but my Australian friends is much stronger relationships I come here with nobody that I know and I come here with a very open-minded and I think I was so hungry to learn more about other cultures and the people of Australia which was taking me down the the revenue of making more Australian friends than South Africans. Although there is always South Africans in your life, it doesn't matter where you go, you just keep kind of being drawn to each other and just be part of each other life. Next time on the People of Perth podcast, it's
2: all about love. We hear from Paul and Chris on the jitters that surround their first date.
0: I'm sort of scouting the tables and all I saw was this newspaper up at head height shaking like this. (laughs) I went and looked behind the newspaper and there was Chris.
2: Ari tells us about the time he performed for a private proposal.
1: And he pulls out a ring and
2: boom, the tears go out and I kind of stuff up the rest of the song. And Yvonne reveals how she avoids awkward moments at her singles events. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you my secrets here. This podcast series is made possible thanks to interviews with the members of the Perthling Facebook group. If you'd like to be part of future Perthling projects and join our community, head to the link in this episode's description to join the fun. The People of Perth podcast is produced by Bad Bard Productions and presented by me, Carmen Braidwood. I hope you'll join us next time for more stories from the world's most isolated city. Thanks for listening.